Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Musical Splitting Podcast. I am your host and Persian shallot with many, many layers, Kavitaharian. Oh, wow. And I am just straight up the big, fat, <laughs> stinky onion with surprisingly few layers, um, Angelina Meehan. And if uh, onions and shallots and things with layers are your sort of thing, then boy, have we got a musical for you today. Boy, have we got a guest for you today. Uh, let's just get right into it, dog. So we're doing Shrek the Musical, and we've got with us... Uh, a video essayist, uh, connoisseur of, of all sorts of interesting miscellanea, uh, Big Joel, a.k.a. Henry. Thank you so much for being with us today. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much. As a Shrek scholar, it's really a, a privilege <laughs> to be here, so I appreciate it. Your PhD in Shrekology. Right. It's wonderful. When I decided to go into this field, it was a difficult kind of, you know, people didn't believe that there would be a business, but now this has really affirmed my choices. So thank you. No, no. it makes sense. You're tracking, you know, the development of Shrek sequels and the war on terror and how mm. each film is commentary on Bush's post nine 11 policies and how really, Shrek they, is the voice of that's the such a drastic oversimplification <laughs> that uh, it's almost verges on insulting, but thank you for trying. No, that means a lot. It, yeah. On a more serious note, like it is kind of interesting to me because Shrek has had this like moment of being, you know, like this kind of pop culture phenomena to then being kind of its weird mm. and sincere meme factory. Um, kind of in the way, same way that The Simpsons has kind of lived the same life, where it's just this detached, removed from what it is, like meme sensation, to now. And I, I have my own thoughts on this, where I'm going back to the first Shrek movie and being like, actually, this kind of rules. Right. Yeah. It, it is a fascinating right. property. Um, and of course, a, a kind, not a, I guess a flagship one for DreamWorks and their, you know, bitter Disney hatred. Fast, oh, yeah. But, uh, this was a big, this was a huge deal for DreamWorks yeah. over the years. It's like, I think it's their first big franchise. So I will say real quick that this is uh, DreamWorks Theatricals only full Broadway production to have ever existed. So, you know, we have things like Disney theatricals, which has done things like obviously like The Lion King and Aida and Aladdin and Mary Poppins and so on and so forth. And it's its own money making, you know, machine. But DreamWorks tried to branch mm -hmm. out into that and it does still exist. But this is the only Broadway show that as far as I am aware of. I feel they like made. they just made something and they were like, that's it. We don't need to do any more because we, won. we got Shrek. This just made a lot of money, both ironically and, <laughs> and substantially. Right. Both everyone audiences flocked to it. Right. The interesting thing about Shrek uh, as a meme is that it like kind of functions off of people remembering periodically that Shrek slaps. That it's just a great, <laughs> incredibly fun property. Uh, like it doesn't have the same like people seem to believe on some level that Shrek doesn't rule. And then they're surprised each and every time they see that it fucking rules. Can we curse on this show? Yeah. Do I curse? Yeah. Oh, please. Oh, big By time. All means. Fuck yeah. This is this is it, man. This is the only podcast for people. Are you guys cool? Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about musical theater. <laughs> that's oh, that's your answer right there. Yeah. This all swearing all the yeah. time. How else am I supposed to make it through a podcast of a subject that I hate without swearing incessantly? No, right. Exactly. You hate Shrek. <laughs> no, I hate, I hate musicals. I'm, you... I'm fine with I'm sort of neutral on Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> Although we could spin this off into Shrek explaining the Shrek explaining podcast, um, which I think would honestly probably <laughs> yeah. get a big fan base. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I, I kind of definitely went through because I remember Shrek came out uh, right at the tail end of eighth grade for me. And it was like I remember everyone in my family going to see it and my mom totally falling under the sway of like it's fairy tales but it's funny for adults because it's like and it kind of did start off this whole snarky retelling of like animated pro or like fairy tale childhood properties for kids that is also like hey wink wink nudge nudge that I don't think any other movie has quite 
gotten on the same wavelength as the original Shrek. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just like such an interesting piece of pop culture for me. And I kind of get why they immediately wanted to turn it into a musical. I mean, because one, it worked for Disney. Because money. Yeah, money. Money. It worked for Disney. Okay, getting into the notes. Shrek the musical is a musical. Oh, interesting. With yeah, it's music. A musical. <laughs> Shrek the musical is a musical with music by Janine Tesori. And... <laughs> Off to a good start. I love it. No, no, it's perfect. Uh, with book and lyrics by David Lindsay, a bear. Mm-hmm. Not a bear, but a bear. A bear. Like a a, a Pulitzer Prize winner, by the way. Yes. Oh, no shit. For yeah, Shrek? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, no, for the play <laughs> Rabbit Hole, which is a devastating play about dealing with the loss of a small child. But, you know, kind of like oh my Shrek, goodness. too. Perfect. Yeah, That's you know. the person you want Perfect. to write your kid's musical. Right. <laughs> um, OK, it is be- it is based on the 2001 DreamWorks animation film Shrek, along with elements of its sequels in the original William Steig's children's book Shrek. I yes. say that with emphasis. Because right, it was already ready for a musical. Point. There is an exclamation yes. point at the end. It was already ready to be a musical. Like every show. Shrek tells yeah. the story of, you guessed it, Shrek. Uh, <laughs> drink every time we say Shrek in this summary. <laughs> a solitary ogre who lives alone in a hut in the middle of the swamp. Honestly, at this point, who doesn't know the story of Shrek? I know, exactly. Um, but I feel like we've, we've been doing a lot of like properties converted into musicals. And so getting to this section mm-hmm. is always really hard for me. So thank you for bearing with me. Yes, yeah, so no, no, no. You, thank you for doing it, too. I'm sorry, I tease. <laughs> Uh, one day, and much to his chagrin, Shrek's peace is interrupted by the appearance of a crowd of fairy tale characters at his front door. They all claim to have been kicked out of the kingdom of Dulac by the evil Lord Farquaad for being, quote, freaks. And the penalty for returning is death. Annoyed by all parties involved, hashtag relatable, Shrek decides <laughs> to go to Lord Farquaad to beg for his swamp back, whereupon he saves a talking donkey from some of Farquaad's abusive soldiers. When Shrek and his new unwanted best friend finally reach Lord Farquaad, the tyrannical noble offers this to the pair. Save his bride-to-be, the Princess Fiona, from the claws of a terrifying dragon and get his swamp back for good. The only problem? Fiona has been carrying a secret of her own. Will Shrek get his swamp back? What exactly is the deal with Princess Fiona? I don't know. And just how exactly are ogres like onions or shallots? All this and more in Shrek the Musical. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to relive Shrek for just a moment there. I know. It really meant a lot. I saw it all. The Uh, gumdrop buttons. The the parfaits. It was was all there. The idea for Shrek the Musical came shortly after the original movie's box office success with playwright David Lindsay Abair and director Jason Roberts beginning the project in 2002 and composer Janine Tesori beginning or joining in 2004. By the summer of 2008, the show began its out-of-town trial in Seattle with a reported $24 million Broadway debut. Chasing it almost immediately that that December. Uh, It was nominated for eight Tony Awards in 2009, winning one for Best Costumes. It closed after 441 performances on January 3rd, 2010. In 2013, a live recording of the original Broadway cast was released for streaming, which is what we will be discussing this episode. It marks the only time DreamWorks Theatricals mounted a full Broadway production. You guys, yes. tell me about the first time, or I'm assuming you've both seen the Shrek musical at this point, or is this the first time you both are going to be watching it? 
I, I have seen it, and I will say this up front. I was very wasted the first time I saw it. So it's kind of like I'm seeing it again through the eyes of a child, which is probably the way it was meant to be seen. Uh, but yes, I have seen this before. When did you see it? I guess I guess right when it came out. And, you know, we were in that phase of like, so the, there, there's like a there's a personal, you know, arc for me here about my feelings with Shrek. But I was right in the height of like Shrek irony, where Shrek was already like this meme. And like, I was kind of like, you know, pissed at all of the kind of DreamWorks ethos of just like sarcasm and, you know, fishtail kind of like winking one. that sort of thing <laughs> so i remember being like oh man blah, blah, this this is this is trash and this is garbage and i'm uh and I, I hadn't seen shrek in years and i will say this i had only seen the first shrek movie i never saw any of the sequels i have this very like strong memory of the third one coming out while i was living in paris and just seeing shrek le trois everywhere and i was like i will never fuck this shit i hate this shit so much um and then nick made me rewatch uh the first shrek with him and then the second one because I'd never seen mm-hmm. the second one. I missed out on like Puss in Boots and everything. And I remember sitting there having made fun of Shrek for so long watching the first Shrek and being like, oh no, this actually kind of rules. So <laughs> like uh, I am ready to have to kind of eat my foot here a little bit with, with this. How about you? So Henry? you've not seen it since you actually saw it in the... Nope. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Henry, go ahead. When did you see the Shrek the musical? Well, um, so I was so, pa- in 2013, when it first came out, I was so passionate about Shrek as a Shrek lover that uh, I put on put it on for like five minutes and said, this sucks too much and turns it off. And then oh, only recently, only in the last year, did I turn it back on and watch it through. And I, I, I do believe that Shrek the Musical is uh, incredibly good. I love, I lo- I'm, a, I'm a huge Shrek the Musical lover. I think it's good. I think- that uh, it, there could not have been uh, really conceivably a better musical adaptation of Shrek. <laughs> it just works for me. I liked it. Well, let me ask you this. What's your what are your thoughts on musicals in general, though? I don't think we've established this. I'm a musical. I like a musical. You like a musical. OK, so it did not bother you that it was a musical of Shrek. You just weren't into it initially because it was too different from your source material that you had become so accustomed to. Just something about seeing Shrek come out with this like weird uh, fat suit guy with his, you know, kind of weird singer. I felt Mm -hmm. uh, singing that first song, big, bright, beautiful world or whatever. It just didn't work for me. It just did. I, I, something about it felt wrong. It felt on the nose. I avoided it. I I didn't want to see it. I was at too vulnerable a stage in my life. I think (laughs) and I just wasn't prepared for what it had (laughs) to give me at that time. And I've grown as a person (laughs) to be able to say, yeah, I think it represents, uh, Maybe bravery that I'm even saying this right now or I'm making this appearance. Yeah, I, I was Am I like, a hero for liking Shrek the musical. I, think, I, don't, I don't know. I honestly, you know, every every person needs like their iconoclast. They need their person who's willing to put their feet in the fire for things that are underappreciated and mm-hmm. underloved. They need someone who's going to pioneer for the things that do not have anyone else pioneering them. And I appreciate that. About you. I mean, we, I should say we just saw Bad Cinderella, you and I, Henry, this this last week. So like I knew yes, I did. knew I knew you had a baseline of like what actually deserves, you know, a, a revisitation and, you know, uh, maybe some sort of appreciation versus what is actually kind of batshit and uncomfortable to watch. So I do want to say this also has this show not only a Pulitzer Prize winner writing the book for this show and the lyrics. I think it's his first time as a lyricist. But Janine Tesori, mm-hmm. who wrote the music, has done a ton of shows that I love. Um, she did uh, most notably uh, Fun Home was her most kind of recent endeavor. I loved Fun Ooh. Home. Yeah, she's done Fun mm-hmm. Home, Carolina Change. Those are the first two big ones off the top of my head. 
And I oh, and a thoroughly modern Millie, which stars Sutton Foster, who is really Fia. Sutton Foster is kind of like the modern. I guess Julia Andrews is like the only way I know how to like. Who could mm-hmm. I compare her to? I know her she's name. like that. Yeah, yeah. You know Sutton Foster, okay? Yeah, she just did the uh, big music man with Hugh Jackman, and she's kind of like a big star in her own right. As Brian Darcy James as Shrek, so who. Good. Yeah, um, I love Ryan Darcy James, one of my favorite Broadway performers. He was in the uh, remake of West Side Story as Officer Krupke for for a reference. Um, okay, but yeah, like there's there's and Jason uh, Jason Moore who directed this uh, directed Avenue Q. Like there's there's a lot of big names attached to this, and I am kind of shocked. And I like I think I've talked about this period of Broadway where I was kind of tuned out, and like obviously as I get older, time is meaningless. But I did not realize how short the show ran for how big its budget was. Like this only ran for like four hundred and forty one shows and I could have sworn and I don't know if it was because they released a pro shot of it like you know three or four years later that it had run longer so yeah like I guess you Mm. know didn't recoup it is it has had like a West End production it has had multiple U.S. tours it is now licensed I think it's a really popular school show at this point there's like Shrek Jr. like so like it's had its own afterlife after this but like it's the Broadway production itself, despite all of the money and the names and, you know, the $25 million budget, like just it, 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 it is essentially a flop. So, um, yeah. How was it received by the Broadway crowd? How did people like it? Is it does it have a fandom that's not ironic? Do people actually really like this show? So this show actually got like a kind of like mixed to good reviews for what it is. And me hating mm-hmm. it when I saw it very drunkenly and very deep in my, you know, irony poisoning well, like was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, <laughs> you know, but now I'm just kind of like, OK, mm-hmm. like I see why people like it. It does have small fandom in and of itself. And a lot of people really do love the performances in particular in this. Um, I, I mean, mm-hmm. Sutton Foster is fantastic from my memory of it. So I'm really excited to watch her in it. But yeah, it has a small fandom. It has had its own afterlife and people do like it. And um, yeah, this is again, I'm ready to, you know, put my own foot in my mouth for this one. Okay. I, I say mixed to good reviews that mixed is there. So <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not, it's not like fucking uh, the great comet of 1812 or anything. Where no. We're have people who are like, <laughs> yeah. It's got no, tattoos it's of no Shrek Stephen the musical Sondheim. on their arms or anything like that. Yeah. Shrek the musical changed my life. Uh, okay. Uh, Joel, is there anything else you wanted to, uh, let us know before we go off and watch Shrek the musical? Any other thoughts? No, I just want to sort of wish you good luck. Uh, I think <laughs> I'm going to need it. Yes. Thank you. I think you're really, you, you, you're, you've been blessed today with the opportunity to watch this musical. Uh, you're lucky that there's such a good pro shoot of it. And, uh, I really hope that you're, you know, able to sort of let your walls down uh, and not sort of sort of sort of let uh, maybe a metaphorical donkey into the island, the swamp of your own. I don't know. Uh, are, uh, uh, negativity. Are you saying we're okay. going to like pull off the gumdrop buttons and peel back all of the layers of the onion and maybe get to the the childish heart? That shallot. Is Stop being yeah. racist. I'm a Persian shallot. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? If we're going to do this, then I'm going to. JK, we love onions too, obviously. We do love onions too. Okay. Let's go ahead and go to our break and we will come back and we will discuss Shrek the Musical. The Musical. Donkey! This episode is brought to you by Nebula. If you're enjoying today's guest, Big Joel, then look no further than Nebula to find more of his insights. Musical fans might be interested in his video, The Song That Destroyed West Side Story. In it, Big Joel very thoughtfully breaks down the tonal and story differences between the 1961 classic and the 2021 Spielberg remake. If you're wondering what specific song he's referring to, you're going to have to watch it. But I'll give you my musical spinning hot take. All of them. 
Dear God, please stop making me watch musicals. I can only endure this hell for so much longer. I'm living in a waking nightmare that will seemingly never end. I can't take this anymore. Please make it stop. You can find this video and many others on Nebula, a video streaming platform built by and for creators with over 14,000 videos for more than 150 creators, dozens of high production originals, and of course, tons of exclusive, you know, produced materials, let's just say. Along with videos and podcasts, you can now learn skills from your favorite personalities and fully produced classes available exclusively on Nebula. Right now, you can get 40% off an annual subscription by going to nebula.tv slash musicalsplaining. Once you're a part of the club, you can gorge on videos from other friends of this podcast like Lindsay Ellis, Princess Weeks, Todd in the Shadows, and so many more. Again, go to nebula.tv slash musicalsplaining for 40% off an annual subscription and support your fellow creators. We have returned. Back. We're back. Yes, we are. Sorry, that was my. Um, I, I, I my, your Scottish accent. My, uh, 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 I guess, approximation of a Shrek brogue here. Yes, but we are back after watching Shrek the Musical. <laughs> we lost Big Joel in the lost, uh, the dewy yeah. grasses of somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a very funny. <laughs> this is not a saying, visual well, podcast, unfortunately, but no. he's got a very fun background. But yeah. now he's back. Okay. Yeah, uh, Shrek Two has also made me escape into the ether out of nowhere, so it happens all the time. But yeah, <laughs> man. But okay, yeah. so quick recap: Shrek uh, is the story of you guessed it, Shrek. Shrek. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Who is a wealthy landowner and a in a vehement <laughs> NIMBY who does not want other people on his property and he demands that the king move all of these <laughs> people experiencing hard times that he pushed out in a fascistic wow. uh, overtake of the land. Wow. I mean, this is I live in LA, so this is what this is how we see it. We see it all through the lens of NIMBYs. Right, exactly. Oh, wow, I've never thought about Shrek that way before. But honestly, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is Shrek the bad guy here? Let's a think about it. A wealthy white landowner with a Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's just he's just Logan Roy. No, it's very um, consciously a movie about gentrification, right? Like, right. Yeah. He doesn't want this development happening in his neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah, are all these yeah. minorities coming and moving in on yeah. my swamp? I'm trying right. to have you know the American dream and right my right. acres push of them land, away. my acres of swamp. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, postmodern uh, reinterpretation of Shrek is kind of what I've been waiting for this whole time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, I don't so know if anyone's already done that, but yes, I, I'm sure it exists somewhere out there. There was a Brooklyn show somewhere that happened where it was like a postmodern Shrek yeah. and uh, you know Shrek through the lens of Mikhail Foucault. Um, but yes, uh, <laughs> so Shrek is a swamp. A, a swamp dwelling ogre who has his ogre. own little house that is overrun one day, and I should say this is this is something that is added from the children's book at the very beginning. But you see his parents kicking him out actively, and that is something actually from the children's yeah. book version of Shrek. So he's kicked out of his uh, house okay. when he's seven, moves into the swamp, lives in the swamp, is happy to be just a dirty, disgusting, gross thing, and then all of a sudden, all these fairy tale creatures show up because they have no home now because they have been kicked out of the land of Duloc because the ruling lord there, Lord Farquaad, has decided they're all freaks and, you know, not suitable to live He's in the He's decided to build a wall metaphorically yes, and exactly. to, you know, there's a fairy tale ban at the airport. <laughs> um, speaking of what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. uh, and push Damn. them all out. 
<laughs> yes, he's there's a caravan the- of fairy tale <laughs> characters coming yeah. towards uh, coming towards fucking uh, what's the Duloc and all that shit. So, yeah. 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 Very thinly so- metaphor there. Shrek is very annoyed by this and he sets off to, you know, go to Lord Farquaad's castle to petition to get his land back. And along the way, he meets a talking donkey who is just nothing but quips and jokes. And Shrek is annoyed by him. But it's that, you know, like, oh, you know, he secretly likes him sort of thing. Um, he makes a deal basically when he gets to Duloc that, you know, or, or rather Lord Farquaad sees him and is like, oh, look at this big, scary ogre. He can probably get my um, bride to be saved from this dragon. Uh, so I guess... He has like like Lord Farquaad is um, not properly the ruler of this. He's not, He's not technically, the king. yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, needs he needs to marry into it. It's like Game of Thrones. Right, right, exactly. This is just like what a hotly political. I'm reading a book about the Romanov family <laughs> right now, and honestly, like I'm having a very hard time seeing Shrek in like this like normal new light now. I'm just like, no, this is all politics. This is all machinations. This is this is all uh, yeah. Uh, just this is this an machine. HBO series waiting to be developed <laughs> right. into like five seasons. This is right. the next Last of Us. Yeah, right. It's called Duloc. the King. According to who? You know, yeah. that's yeah. the question. Right. What what, me, what illegitimizes his rule? Right. That's the real like. If you want to get to the heart of Shrek, I think yes. you have yeah. to start there. Move <laughs> outward, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so basically, like he has to find a, a princess to marry, and he settles on this princess Fiona, who is locked in a tower surrounded by a dragon and so Lord Farquaad sees Shrek and he's like oh cool that's a big scary ogre he's dumb and he wants his land back I can you know tell him if he goes and gets Princess Fiona for me I'll give him his land back so Shrek agrees to this and um quid pro quo quid pro quo yeah I should also say that there's just a long running joke that Lord Farquaad is short just as there is in the movie uh because I was get it because he's not tall yeah he's not tall he's compensating (laughs) for something and the character is supposed to be Michael it's supposed to be Michael Eisner which ironically fucking uh, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg is the fucking tiny one between those right, two, right. which I think is bizarre. Right, like uh, Michael Eisner's like the giant. He basically casted himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen Katzenberg. He's a tiny guy. He's yeah. not big. Ooh, that is a name drop right there. <laughs> um, no, no, I don't mean like I interacted with him. Oh, or like oh. was, I'm, that's not me being like I worked with him. I'm just saying I've literally seen him like in public. Like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. a big guy. That is that. Yeah, I, well, I guess, again, this is a lot about projecting at the end of the day with Lord Farquaad and <laughs> You know, art sometimes comes from the truest places of a person, but uh, even yes. if they realize it or not. But so Shrek goes and uh, he saves Fiona and Fiona's been locked in this tower for like decades and she's been waiting for her knight to save her. And so she gets saved. La 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 la. The dragon falls in love with Donkey, but that's besides the point. And, uh, you know, she sees that Shrek's an ogre and she's like kind of disappointed because she's been expecting like this, you know, traditional white knight to come and save her. But as they start heading but he back. But he is over six feet tall, which is what's very important. <laughs> right. <laughs> like if you were on if you were on Tinder and you saw Shrek, you'd be, you would swipe on that. You'd be like, yes, OK. This is like yeah. six five. He's sure. over six. He said he is and he actually is. <laughs> right. So that's good. He's got his so own maybe house. I'll, I'll deal with it. Yeah, like he's yeah. got his own place and he's over <laughs> six foot tall. Like what a, like that's a catch right there. Uh but as they head back to Duloc, like uh him and Fiona start growing close and like they have all this stuff in common. Like they both like farting and they both like burping. And I too have bonded over people with that. Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But but you know like Shrek's got all these walls because he's an ogre and everyone's <laughs> So Shrek's, Shrek's got all these layers or walls rather around them because he's a, you know, big, scary, ugly like ogre. An like an onion. Uh, yeah. Like an onion. Very important. Uh, he has that going on. And meanwhile, Fiona has this curse going on where at night she turns into an ogre herself. And like an ogre, an ogress, I guess. An ogress. Um, ogress. 
and she's, you know, she wants to get married because the curse is supposed to be broken with like true love's first kiss. And she assumes that Lord mm-hmm. Farquaad will kiss her and she will go back to just being purely human and blah, blah, blah. There's some misunderstanding. It's, it's her literal short king, by the way. Yeah, right. It's her short king. Literally short king. Yeah. Yep. Her short king, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so like basically her and Shrek have this misunderstanding where Shrek thinks that Fiona thinks he's ugly and he could that she could never like him and like vice versa. And Fiona's like, you know what? Fuck it. I will marry Lord Farquaad. And Donkey's like, no, Shrek, you're being stupid. And uh, yeah. all's well's that ends well because... Uh, Mary Farquaad to own the libs kind of shit. Right. <laughs> uh, all's well that ends well. Like Shrek shows up at the wedding and, you know, tells Fiona that he loves her. And then Fiona's spell is broken, but it turns out like her true self is the ogre self, but it's okay because the they love each other. Yeah, yeah. they love each other. And then there's this weird side plot that is not in the movie that is in there, but it turns out that Lord Farquaad is actually like the son of one of Snow White's dwarfs. And uh, mm-hmm. then he gets eaten by a dragon. And um, yeah, then Believer. Hey, that's called a payoff. <laughs> right. <laughs> they played in a pay- That's Chekhov's short man. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, all's well that ends well. We have Believer at the end, as we do in the movie. And, uh, you know, everyone gets to be free and happy and all the fairy tale creatures, you know are allowed to live freely and Shrek and gets his swap back and him and Fiona are in love and donkey stays. And it's, it's all gravy. It's basically Shrek. It's basically Shrek, which it's you literally would expect. Shrek. Yes. But there's no, they don't incorporate any of the sequels into it. It's literally, it's strictly a retelling of the first film. Yeah. I mean, they, they have like that one moment where like there, there's like that traveling song, which is like a little kitschy song where him and donkey are kind of having like their traveling montage and Puss in Boots shows up in the background. And it was like, Oh, I, I hadn't mm-hmm. seen Puss in Boots at that point either. The first time I'd seen this, so I was like, oh, that's a character from that. Cool. Thanks for the references, buddy. And boy, Yay. are the references. Um, not only do I, upon rewatch, not only do I uh, think the Shrek musical is great, but also I cannot fundamentally understand not thinking it's great. It is oh. so <laughs> fun. Like, Let me tell you. It is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't. I, I'm, I'm going to have difficulty processing the emotions that you guys are going to send my way today. I actually don't think I'm interested in this kind of toxic negative space right now. Uh, the Shrek musical is good as hell. Yeah. I sat here watching this, knowing both of you and going like, I can't wait for this conversation. <laughs> Rewatching this. Uh, but yeah, with that said, Kave. Um, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, let's okay. see. Let's let's let, let's break it down, right? Aside from my own bias of already not liking musicals, obviously it's the entire premise of this. Um, okay, let's 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 explain sort of on the most core level of it why I thought it was really weird and dissonant mm-hmm. to me specifically was was if we take back a time machine to the year what was it two thousand two thousand one mm-hmm. when this movie comes out, right? Disney is kind of like crumbling it doesn't know what it's doing yet pixar is on the ascent cg is kind of like you know at one point pixar looks like they're going to be the new the only other studio and that disney's going to fall and that's it dreamworks is sort of stealing ideas from everybody else they make this movie shrek so what do they do that makes shrek kind of different from disney and different from pixar specifically well this entire movie exists as a reaction to everything that disney had done it's an anti-fairy tale it's not a broadway thing it basically kind of makes fun of all of those things. It's meant essentially to be a uh, thorn in the side, quite literally 
with their main character, the main, I'm sorry, the main villain being, you know, his caricature of fucking Michael Eisner. So the whole thing exists in the shadow of Disney. A big part of that was in Shrek, there were no songs the way that there would be in a fucking Disney movie at that time, which had famously just made everything into a Broadway play or a, a Broadway show. That was part of, I think, at least to me at the time, kind of what was funny about it and what was so cheeky about it and what was fun about and interesting about it. So there is an inherent irony of taking this thing that's meant to make fun of Disney for always putting songs into it and turning it into a musical and then making it into a fucking musical. Because then you end up with moments like Shrek is singing an I want song about his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> which to me is like fundamentally insane, mm. which I'm not sitting here trying to make an argument about being like a Shrek purist of some sort. <laughs> But right. I'm not like I don't really give a shit. Like, I don't really care. I'm not going to like lose sleep over it. But I think fundamentally to me, that was the dissonance of like this goes against the entire reason of why I felt this movie was funny or this property, I should say, was funny in the first place. And it's it goes back to its essential form of what it is like Shrek should, in theory, not ever be a musical because that's what the point of it originally was as this film. Sure. Okay. Can can I insert? So so, uh, Henry, if you are the uh, Papa Bear, where the porridge is too hot, and Covey, you are the Mama Bear, where the porridge is too cold. I think to think I'm the Baby Bear, where like I'm just like right smack in the middle of that. So for me, like there, I, I as I had said up front when I had first seen this, I really disliked it, and I was like deeply, you know, you know irony poisoned at that time, and it was just also like at the height of Shrek meme culture where we were kind of at this weird point where we hadn't quite reevaluated Shrek the movies like for themselves. And we're just like, Oh, it's a big, stupid reactionary dream work, stupid thing. Um, so watching this, what was frustrating for me is that I think there are some actually like really, really good moments in it. And it's the stuff that I actually really like about the movie Shrek, where it's not so busy digging at, Disney or in this case, it, and this is also in the trend of what theater was doing at the time, which is just making fun of theater. So you have all these references and you're dumping on theater. Like, thanks the producers. The producers was a big part of that. And Shrek is kind of following in that. But like when it's actually leaning into the characters themselves, I think it's really pleasant and like really fun. And like, I, I like was enjoying those parts and not the parts where you have Pinocchio <laughs> like and the big bad wolf just doing like drag call outs and stuff like that. When it's like doing that, I'm just like, God, like, just take me out of this. But like, no. I really like the um like, oh, leaning into Fiona, like Fiona's really fun in this. And Sutton Foster is genuinely so talented that it makes me physically ill. So I'll watch her do anything. But like when, <laughs> when it's leaning into the characters as it is in Shrek, like when I went back and rewatched Shrek the movie for the first time last year, I was just like. This is a really like mm-hmm. the characters are really fun and I like like the character arcs for both Shrek and Fiona and even Donkey like it's actually a really well written like kind of screwball romance comedy once you get past all of like mm-hmm. the I must middle finger Mike Eisner as hard as I can and so when the musical is doing that I was like really really enjoying it really really enjoying it and when it wasn't busy you know having to do like oh not the gumdrop buttons and all the references and you know recreating all yeah. the, what, like the favorite lines from the show the fan service kind of stuff yeah I was like actually kind of vibing with it so I feel like right in the middle about it and that's honestly like more than just a bad show or a really really good show like the ones that kind of linger with me <laughs> in the worst ways and I guess maybe in the best ways too are shows like this where it's like there are things I really really liked about it and just for I guess business semantics and what the culture is it can't be like its best self and that was what was like so frustrating mm-hmm. about it watching it but so anyway yeah. yeah that's I guess now that we have that all out in the air like uh this triangulation of opinions about it yeah adaptation is like the the, the biggest thing about this for me like um and yeah. and what was it trying to do with that and uh 
it gets so much caught up in just again being the producers where we have to make fun of stuff and we have to you know I don't think I don't think I think the thing about theater is like dropping references constantly and like doing side eye um sort of like jokes does does not fly as well as it does Winky on film stuff. yeah I don't think it works as well yeah. as it does on film and you have to use it very sparingly especially because like Broadway is just like its own weird insular niche thing at the end of the day and you know like yeah but I just don't think that that sort of humor translates really well yeah. to Broadway and so yeah I think Our that's where it gets Joel, lost rebuttal yes do you have a rebuttal to this Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm chewing up all of your criticisms. I'm, I'm chomping down <laughs> on them. I'm, I'm, I'm internalizing them. I'm thinking about them. The, the, okay. So Kave, I'll take your criticism, right. And leave it to the side here for a second, right. Because it's sort okay. of a, a general um, critique of the concept of a Shrek musical, mm-hmm. right. The, it's like, it's about the, the, the very premise of a Shrek musical existing, which fair <laughs> enough, right. I'll take, I'll take that one on the nose. It's, you know, I'll take, you're slitting my throat here. I'll take that. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to slit your throat. I didn't, it's <laughs> very impolite of me. I'll take that. Uh, but I agree also with you uh, that the I Want song, Shrek's I Want song, both uh, doesn't make any sense within Shrek the musical and just doesn't make sense for Shrek's character, right? He doesn't want to be a hero or a knight as he sings about. He wants to be an ogre. That's the whole point of yeah. Shrek, that he wants to be an ogre, that he's interested in ogring and not being some fucking knight guy. Okay, so two things I agree with, right? Giving us another option, by the way, to young young kids, be like, you can also be a piece of shit and aspire yeah. to that. That's yeah. an important right. thing. Right. It's like a it's <laughs> right. like an appreciation of a deviant identity, which, by the way, is so much of what I enjoy about this musical, which is that like every character down the line is a gay man. Every single one. Every every character is a gay man. Mm. It's a passion, it's a melodrama. A love triangle between like six different gay guys just figuring out what they want out of life. I Double triangle. That. Yeah, it's you know Farquaad. They make him. They make him like this. This drag captain guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, donkey. Donkey. Yeah. For donkey. Sure. Oh yeah. Pinocchio. He says. He says we're wood. It's good. Get used to it. Pinocchio goes. It doesn't stop this musical. So, so if so much of Shrek, the movie is about you know waving your middle finger at um you know Disney and the like the idea of you know sanitized fairy tale storytelling, what you kind of lose in that, and I can't decide if it's good or not, is like what they do with Lord Farquaad, who he's he's like such a John Lithgow mm. villain type in the original movie, yeah, and this one he yeah. is just like he is just like he is camp, he is a drag queen. Um, all of his numbers are either like him doing Ethel Merman or Elphaba from Wicked. Do you not um, enjoy watching him treat his little legs? Oh. Walking around with his tiny little legs, Angie? That was so is weird. That spark joy I, in the no, little legs? I, this is not me saying I did not enjoy that. I was going to lead into it and say it's, that was some of my favorite parts of the show, honestly. Like, like just like um, the whole like Duloc this number. Is, you guys are probably a little too old to know this, but there was this sketch on Saturday Night Live in the mid-90s, like early 90s. This is when Emilio Estevez was hosting. And it, it was a sketch called How Much You Bench. And the whole premise of it I've, was, is that it was, do you remember this one? Yes, I remember this so, one. Yeah, yeah. It's like Farley and like Spade and Emilio Estevez and a couple other guys. And they're all these guys that are like super roided out um, weightlifters. And they're all sitting and they're having like, they have a talk show. So they're all sitting in like their upper bodies. They're all padded and like wearing these huge muscle suits. And then they like they have this gag where like where they're sitting, you don't actually have their real legs. Their legs are just these tiny little skinny, yep. like <laughs> like chicken legs that just keep flapping around up and down. 
And so the whole thing is like they just keep having these mood swings and they scream at everybody and they're trying to get in fights, but they're clearly just super hormonal from all the steroids. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, mm. there's there's I think that was just like a very kind of popular bit in like the early 90s, late 80s, because the comedian Howie Mandel, um, he I this mm. is such a random mm, memory yeah. I have in my head. Uh, my parents taped all of his HBO specials and he had these skits where he would basically do the same thing as the Lord Farquaad costume. And they were always just like these really ridiculous, stupid things where it's just like, look, there's a little bit. He's got little funny legs and he's on his knees, like running around and he's got like a sack, which is where his the rest of his body is. And it is just like I yeah. remember that better than I remember talking to like elderly relatives that passed away the same year as that. Like I remember those skits so well. And so I remember the first time watching Shrek the musical just being like, yes, thank you. Like yes. how are they going how are they going to do <laughs> and, this? And I'll give credit where credit's due. That's hard to be on stage like walking around and like going yes. to dance number. Like that's not easy. I'll you know game recognizes game. <laughs> the talent on the Shrek the musical stage, unreal. Unreal. The talent on this stage. That actor is Christopher Sieber, who is uh, uh, he's he's a he's a pretty big name in Broadway circles. And he, the very first thing I ever saw him in was in Beauty and the Beast as Gaston. Mm-hmm. And he is also in the the short lived ABC sitcom Two of a Kind that was starred Mary Kate Nashley as their dad. And I had seen Beauty and the Beast that year. And everyone in my like little middle school the- theater group who had gone to see it was like, oh, my God, that's the dad from Two of a Kind. And so that's why I've always remembered this guy's name, Christopher Sieber. And he's done a lot. He's done spam a lot. He just did um. Oh, fuck. He's he's a name. But uh, like so when I saw that he was in this, I was just like freaking the fuck out. And then they gave him little tiny like baby legs. And I was like, this is the best thing you could ever do. So I am actually no. As much as I was like leading into this, I am a big fan of like Chris Receiver's Lord Farquaad. I could watch him cross his little baby legs uh, for like the rest of my life. Him getting off of a horse with his little tiny legs. I could I could watch that forever. The plastic Thank you. horse. And I did want to say so Jason Moore, who directed this, also directed Avenue Q. And so I was hoping that there would be a lot of like mm. fun puppet stuff and there's a lot of fun puppet stuff i was like yay fun puppet stuff like there's a lot of neat ideas in terms of like staging that go into this like the yeah the gingerbread man was pretty good that was i thought was the most impressive part to me that puppet i liked it a lot yeah i also like the um she has that the opening the second act opener uh morning person with like the little mice like tap dancing thing i was like oh Oh, the mice feet yeah i was like the mice feet this is so good like there's a lot of like what again what's so frustrating about this is because it has to be it has to be Shrek recognizably so at the end of the day, because that's what they think people want when they come and see this. And when it's doing its own thing or leaning into the fact that it's theater and having fun with it, it's like such a fun show. So <laughs> when it's letting yeah. its freak flag fr- fly, when it's letting its freak flag. Right. Wow. What a callback right there. <laughs> also, Fiona, you already said this, but mm-hmm. um, her her bit, uh, her song uh, that introduces her where she goes mm-hmm. like, where like really leans into the intensity of the trauma she's experiencing. Right. And it's like full on goth Shrek melodrama. Incredible. <laughs> right. I like, yeah, it's so good. And she's so talented. It's really amazing to watch her in that and in morning person. She's so good at it. What's so, what, what, what offends you? Just like, what, what could you tell me about something that hurt you in the musical? <laughs> me specifically? Either one of you. I just want to know oh. what, what were the pain points? I mean, I think a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the I want stuff, like, because I already mm. just like, I'm not partial to this medium in general. That's the entire premise of this. Mm. But so, like I said, the, I'd just be kind of repeating myself at this point. But like, you know, I, I also, the costume of Shrek really was like, it made, it was uncanny valley for a lack yeah. of a better description. I, I'll agree where it was with like that. Very uncomfortable to look at. Yes. I, that, like, I will agree with that. That is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Evil opinion. He looks amazing. Uh, 
It takes a it was, while. It was very creepy. Yes. And I still, I could just never. And I was like, what the fuck am I? Why? I get it. No, again, no shade against the costume people. I get that's sort of the position that you're in. Yeah. Maybe some of the lighting cues could have been a little bit less bright, I guess. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how you fix that, but it was just sort of like. I can't watch this guy in this insane costume sing about like his wants and needs and and expect me to sort of connect with him emotionally. Wait, that's exactly the problem with that. You're exactly Lord Farquaad right now. Do you see yourself? No, I was about to say. We're talking ourselves into a metatextual corner here because I had the same problem. I was like, it is so hard to look at Brian Darcy James in this costume at moments. But also, isn't that kind of effective when you have like an ogre like Shrek? So like, yeah, you you go see a fan of the Opry see his face. You're like, I'd still hit that. There's no what? Sure. But like Shrek, you're just like, that's a little grotesque in a way that is like a little off putting. And I can't. No, no, I'll tell you what. Here's here's a minor criticism of it, too. Minor criticism of it is that he's not big. He's literally just like the same size as everybody else. So it doesn't really sell the ogre thing as much either. Like I think if he was, you know, seven feet tall or something, it would have sold that whole thing better. But it sort of just feels like it just looks like a guy wearing a green costume. (laughs) Yeah. It also has like the um, uh, specifically what it called to mind for me was like the Michael Keaton Batman costumes where like the neck is really stiff and, you know, it doesn't have like a range of motion and like they're doing their best to work around that. But you can just see like the... The, the pressure points in the costume where it's really hard for the actor to like go full bodied in it. And like, I'm very impressed by yeah. Brian Darcy James. He's, he's so damn talented and he's doing his best to like act through that monstrosity of a costume, but it is like, Oh, he does. It's, 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 it's not it's, a monstrosity. It's, a it's an ogrosity of, of a costume. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, I, I agree with you there, Covey. It's kind of hard to look at it at times. Like, and I'd find myself getting used to it. And then like, something would happen. He'd make a face or it just wouldn't quite work or the light would hit it weird. And I'm like, this is God bless. A job is a job. It's a job. Good for them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not shitting on any of them. It's just more like, if you're asking me why I can't like connect to it, this is sort of like, you know, these are my own personal feelings about it. Not necessarily an objective thing of saying this is bad. Actually, this is just more me being like, couldn't couldn't do it. Can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> Got to tap out, man. Well, like this is a this is a popular uh, uh, high school show now. Like it's like you can license it to do it for schools. And like I love going and looking at like high school Shreks and like high school Shrek costumes. It's oh, like man. there used to be a trend on Tumblr that was that. like it would be like a, a low budget Milky Whites from Into the Woods or low budget Beasts from High School Productions of Beauty and the Beast. And I think like Shrek is just going to be one of those like roles now that has like low budget Shreks. Um, and I, you it, guys it's hard. That Shrek looks bad. For me, Donkey oh, was up. the real pain point. Donkey, yeah. donkey, donkey, thought, donkey's pretty rough horrid. looking. How do we even begin to... I was thinking about how we talk about Donkey. We yeah. need to talk about Donkey. <laughs> yeah, we need I to don't, talk about Donkey. I, usually we try to be educated about something on this podcast or bring in people who are like in a position to be able to discuss it. I think this sort of threw me for a loop. Mm-hmm. What is hard for me about Donkey in this is Donkey is so much Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy being right. like given free reign to be Eddie Murphy. And again, because this has to be Shrek, the musical that they want people to Mm -hmm. identify with it. The actor is um, essentially tied to doing just that. And it can't be their own thing. Like at least with like Aladdin, the musical, the actors they've had play the genie are kind of allowed to do their own thing. They're not encouraged to do like, you know, Robin Williams. Williams Yeah. And like, that is not the case here. And I think it's, it just makes things a 
strange to watch for <laughs> lack of a better word. Yeah. And I can, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's where my opinion of it is. Like it just does not play well for a lot of reasons. And I think a lot of it stems from that. Also because donkey has such like thick ass padding on his ass too. It's a very strange costume. Yes. Like I'm like, unbelievable. I'm like, I'm like, why does donkey have cakes? It's, it's <laughs> like very like to me, it seemed extremely like minstrel showy. Yeah. It's sort of oh. how it felt. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know if that's, but then it also, like you said, it also kind of has this like drag queen aspect to a lot of it. Yeah. So I'm like, am I reading it this way? But it's actually meant to be this. I don't really know. So that's why I was like very confused by all of it. But then it also made me kind of think about Eddie Murphy in the original, where as you said, Angie, like it's just Eddie Murphy being himself. But I'm like, when you look at it in the role in an animated movie, it doesn't stick out as much. But when you look at it as like, you literally are watching a black man do this kind of you know, hey, how's it going with like the teeth and the costume and the makeup on a stage? Mm. And the fact that he's a know. donkey, right? I mean, that, right, that has right. always been an interesting thing about Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's like he's literally being an ass in a literal sense. And he's mm. just like, oh, well, I don't know much about this, but I'm going to make waffles. And, and you're just sort of like, uh, is this fucking horrendously racist or am <laughs> yeah. I just like too yeah. much onto Twitter? Like, I that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't know. But that that is what I felt when I was watching it. It did make me very uncomfortable. It was very confusing. No, I'm inclined to agree. It does not play the same way as it would have in an animated movie because, yeah, you're literally looking at someone playing like the folksy. I don't know, you know, folksy dispensing yeah. of wisdom, but like also like the stupid butt of everyone's jokes. It's like it's strange. Yeah. Yeah. I think they actually do play down donkey's donkiness in the musical to some extent. Like, yeah, he's way less of like the comedic wacky guy and way more of like, I don't know, kind of like this weird freak man. I have a hard time <laughs> expressing this, but donkey's is the most different character than the original. Like he's the most strange yeah. feeling character in the new one. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what he's like. I, I the reason why I never thought about uh, minstrelsy in in the Shrek musical is because Donkey eludes me to such an extent as a character. I feel like I don't understand what he's even up to. I'm derailing this. So I just am no, like, no, I'm, I love I'm the like idea sort of... that like you brought me on because I love Shrek, and you're like, and then and now now it's like you're taking me down. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, sorry, you like Shrek? Uh, oh. I didn't realize that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. It's yeah. like I, I don't <laughs> no, like starting no. controversy like that. Like that's, that's why I'm also, like I said, I'm hesitant to bring it up, but I just sort of felt like it, it should be noted on some level. Right. And maybe somebody who's smarter than me can sort of unpack this and tell me I'm wrong or I'm right. I don't know. But like, I don't, it's very important to me that I'm not like, I have a definitive idea of what this is supposed to be, or it should be this way or that way. It's a tricky role to import to the stage for sure. Right. I mean, it's just inherently quite difficult to make that feel normal and they don't do a great job of it. (laughs) No, Uh, no. I I guess, you know, there's the old, you know, Ken that humor does not age well in general, um, you know, compared to drama. But like the the song the the fairy tale creature song at the very beginning um, is one Mm -hmm. of the like this is when when I started watching this again, I had to like pause and go like, I don't know if I have the energy to do this right now because it's just a bunch (laughs) of. It's a really bad song, number one. It's just not good. And then it's just also a bunch of like weird, like that wants to do the DreamWorks style, like quippy, smart adult humor. But, you know, you just have like the wolf, you know, being called and you'll forgive me for this, a tranny hot mess. And like, it's yeah, just like cramming this in. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of, and I know, ugh, like, and it's just cramming this in for the sake of like, well, I think this will be really funny and ha ha ha, the wolf's in a, you know, nightgown and. 
it's ugh, like that's when it, like this sucks. This is like this is when it's like it's at its most cynical and it sucks. And I think like I, I guess I, going back to what I had said earlier that it's a lot harder to do like wink, wink, nod, nod stuff and have it still feel good on stage. It's also really hard to be cynical on stage. Like at least for mm-hmm. me, like a, a show can have like cynical themes or whatever. But when it's just like that level of like we're doing this to like you know get a cheap laugh in, I think it it becomes really really apparent very quickly. Like I, I think. It's, at least musical theater is an an innately not cynical art form and like just shit like that. Just like, that's why I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Here. I just cracked the egg right here. I got right down to the nitty gritty of it. It's too earnest. I will agree that the best things in, in the Shrek musical are the things which are puzzlingly earnest, right? Yeah. Like even Mm -hmm. uh, Shrek's opening number, big, bright, beautiful world. It's like, He's in so much pain in a way that he really wasn't obviously in the film. Like he's expressing like so much angst like that. That song is his I want song. He didn't need a second one. Yeah, no, he didn't. And it's like really like I'm not going to say like really effective. I just find it so fun to watch this super like on the nose angsty Shrek take. I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, like I think I think that's what I do. Like again, like what I really like about this show is like with, same with like Fiona. Like what 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 is kind of like what can you do? Whenever I see like these adaptations, it's like okay, like what's the point of this? What can you like express beyond the boundaries of what the original property is? Besides just you know telling it you know by the numbers. And what I do like is like mm. they just go a little bit further. Like with Fiona's like kind of wants and like her being like shell shocked by all of this. And like of course like she would find a common ground with Shrek because that's kind of missing outside in the movie. It's like. Like it she's kind of gross missing, and an yeah. ogre too. And it's like, no, like they're both, they've both been very lonely people who mm-hmm. have kind of like one underlying like thesis to their life. It's that she's meant to be saved and he's just meant to be alone, you know? And like, like they're both kind of very sad things to have as like your, your, your raison d'etre. And like, that's kind of where they kind of see each other. And also they both like farting and burping. Um, you know, mm. that too. But like, like, like yeah, like, I, like that I really liked. Um, and I think like, like, Sutton Foster sells that really, really well. Like her faces are so good. Like she's she is acting, baby. And I'm just like, wow, I really buy this Fiona character. And I think they nudged it in the right direction where you kind of really believe why these two people would actually really like each other and find some sort of I affinity prefer her for each to other. Cameron yeah. Diaz to the oh, when, like, a ridicu- mm. like a ridiculous claim to make, but I do think that her Fiona is better. Wow. I mean, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a Cameron huge Diaz. Fan of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, me too. She's so much fun. So great. I don't I know. know. Like, do you, you have any criticisms of it? Yeah, like, well, what we yeah. have. Oh, Shrek the Musical? Is there, is, yeah. yeah, is there anything okay. that bothered you about it? <laughs> I didn't like the song. I didn't like the I Want song. I already said that. I also didn't yeah. like the song I Think I Have You Beat, where they try to out-trauma each other, and Shrek refuses to oh. understand that being in a kidnapped woman, he's just like, oh, that's easy. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> what are you right. talking about, Shrek? <laughs> right. what, what planet are you living he's on? He's like reading a Twitter thread, but in song right. form. Right. So lame. Uh, I thought that the first act was much stronger than the second. I'll say that. Uh, mm. Because I think that the first act had a lot of really great stuff in it. And the second act kind of felt like it was just spinning its wheels a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, what, Do I have any others? That movie that movie's like 90 That's it. minutes We're just going to cut and... the first half of this discussion and just only put that part in so that <laughs> it sounds like you did not like Shrek the Musical and release it. I'm a yeah. huge dragon fan. I like the chorus of ladies. That's my oh, that's yeah. plus for the Shrek. Yeah. I thought that was pretty fun. I was like, oh, that's cute. I like how they did like the dragon's tail and stuff like that. And if they must have the dragon have a singing voice, keeping it as a trio is pretty fun. I I, I did like that. Um, 
again, like some fun creative choices made here, uh, despite that it has to be Shrek. But um, the second act, the second act's rough. It's really where you start feeling like, why is this happening? And that's kind of like a lot of my bone to pick with a lot of these cartoons that are made into Broadway shows where they it's the same with like the live action remakes of Disney movies where they have to make them like a feature length adult film or, you know, the length of a Broadway show. And it's like these were originally made to be 90 minutes long and the material was tweaked mm. to fit that format. <laughs> and now you have to like, you know, put a ton of padding in there to, you know, get your two acts oh, out yeah. and make it um, worth like a $150 ticket. So when yeah. you're watching like the Lion King remake, you know, the first three <laughs> minutes, you're like, that's a, that's <laughs> kind of amazing. Like there's something yeah. there. And then the right. rest of the movie has to somehow justify it. And it can't, it just can't do it. Right. There's nothing right. more it can do than just show us circle of life and then move on, leave, leave me alone. I don't want to see it. anymore. Right. And show you sad, tired Mufasa, like, just not mm. existing in a movie that is built around having James Earl Jones come back. Yeah. The exact same it's, it's funny that you talk about um, Lion King. Cause it kind of reminded me of when we went and saw the musical yeah. in which um, this was my criticism of Lion King when we saw it, where I was like, I've seen this movie so many times mm. that when I was watching it on stage, it just felt like I was like, I can quote this entire movie, not Shrek. I could quote right. all of Lion King <laughs> back and forth. So it was like, I was bored. Because I was like, I've literally already seen this exact thing. It didn't, and the, there was cool costumes and like puppets and all that stuff. And it was very beautiful. But ultimately, this this made me feel something similar, where I just was like, I know where this is going. I know what's happening. It doesn't really like change anything. So uh, that's also another part of it. That, but I guess that's like a broader criticism of stuff that's taking children's properties and literally making them into musicals. And as you said, they do pad that out and add stuff. But really, it's fundamentally the exact same thing. It's not yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Changed in any way. Again, me thinking about Beetlejuice again. I'm like one of the few adaptations I've seen recently where they actually yeah, like, it really go is in the fun only places. One. Yeah, <laughs> it goes in fun places. Uh, that's it's the only one where they do material. they do something different with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And then the songs on this too just felt kind of like it reminded me a bit of Mean Girls, where it was just I don't know what the genre is. It's, it just feels like kind of generic show tunes in terms of the way that like it doesn't really have any specific musical identity to it. Yeah, it just kind of feels like here's your generic Broadway songs, which again, it's fine. It's Shrek. It's not like they're going to fucking, you know, bring in, you know, the world's greatest composers of all time. It's but I'm just saying in terms of like it just feels tired. Right. right. I just mean like I just it's tired to me when I watch it. I'm just sort of like, okay, I got it. Like this just sounds like the other five musicals that we've watched that are sort of in the same thing in that same vein for it, which I guess on some level you could be that could be a comfort to some people. To me, it's this for the purposes of this podcast. it's, It's boring. Sure. For the purposes, I think in my in my personal life, I love it. For the purposes of this podcast, I have to professionally <laughs> say yeah. that it's not good. I have to have my. <laughs> no, work I just mean life. in terms of like I've had to watch so many musicals, so mm. I'm like, if it's not distinct, it really right it yeah. tends to bother me more because I'm just like I can't get through this to be able to talk about it for an hour for some for for the show. The music's not like compelling enough to like like if it had been a straightforward adaptation and the music had been fantastic, you'd be like, okay, great, like you know, I can get some bangers out of yeah. this at least. They have to. We have there is there a name for this genre of music like uh, movie adaptation to musical musical theater like that like because no i get what you mean like there is just like this weird it's not like it's like muzak it's just a yeah yeah i don't know uh circling back to shrek janine tesori can write a really incredible score and i just mm. i don't know this was not this was not that. and she did uh, on shrek the musical uh and i'll see i'll see you later bye yeah <laughs> and, uh, yeah she did an amazing job on this one done an amazing job before uh continues yeah. to do an amazing job here uh, yeah that's it thanks yeah 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they can't all be, uh, you know, winners, and that's fine, too. <laughs> like, I, 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 who have never written a song besides the songs I write about my dog, you know, I, so it's very rich, you know, me coming for her like that, but uh, it is what it is, folks. Um, it's just not my favorite Janine Tesori score. But there, there's a couple moments I really like, but yeah, it's just, I wish this could have been its own thing. Again, Christopher Siebert stole that show. Great Lord Farquaad, fun. Um, uh, but yeah, like, it's, it's kind of a middling mess for me and that's what's so frustrating about it because I do think there's a lot of really good stuff about it and I actually did have fun watching it um, mm. most of the time but uh, yeah I, I think I'm good I think I've said it all out uh, and I know my husband's probably going to want to watch it again so I'm probably going to end up yeah. watching it again <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I've said everything that I need to say today I think I've had my, my <laughs> moment in the sun I hope that if there's at least one person in your in your audience who We'll see that I'm destigmatizing liking Shrek the Musical and sort of, <laughs> you know, take that and, and say to themselves, you know, I'm wood, I'm good, get used to it. That'd be fine with me. <laughs> Just one listen. If you guys have seen Shrek the Musical and have thoughts, please let us know. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Musical Splainin with no G for as long as Twitter exists and doesn't completely implode. Um, we are also on Instagram at Musical Splaining with a G. Uh, I am at Covetarian on Twitter and at PermaFriends on Instagram. Big Joel, tell us what you're up to, anything you want to plug, where we can find you, et cetera, so on and so forth. Not your home address or your social security number. Although if you do want to give me your banking routing numbers, that's fine. You can give me those off camera. Go ahead. Thank you. I actually really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm all, you can look me up on Google. Uh, you, uh, Big Joel. You can find sort of every everything that's sort of associated with me. Just one quick uh, quick Google search, and then uh, then you'll you're find also on me. Nebula. <laughs> oh, that's right, I am. I am on Nebula, uh, and I have another second bad channel called Little Joel that you can check out too. If you want to, you really run Little the gamut Joel. of human experience. Is this like your Lord Farquaad like <laughs> fan account or some sort? <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. It'll change. It'll change a lot about the way you uh, about how you feel about me. I think that if I came off poorly in this podcast, and you see that, you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have uh, anything in the pipeline coming down that you uh, are working on that you want to tell people about? I'm making a uh, a very long video about every Disney sequel, so I hope that that'll okay. be good. Yeah. Yeah. When can we expect that? that? A few weeks. A few weeks. Yeah. A few yeah, weeks. Really so cool. hopefully by mid yeah. mid May ish. Hopefully mid May ish, baby. That's what it's all about. All right. Uh, yeah. Look for that in your feeds in mid May ish. Yeah, the lusty month of May coming in hot <laughs> with that one. And <laughs> I am as always Y Angelina Y on Twitter W H Y Angelina W H Y. And Angelina underscore S-E-E on Instagram. Uh, keep your eyes peeped on Lindsay Ellis's channel on Nebula because we're going to have a video coming out in a couple weeks that I think will be real fun. Uh, and I'm just going to put that there. But uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us, taking all this time out to talk about a very heavy and, you know, touchy subject. Like track. Thank you. Yes. Thank you <laughs> to our easy. guest. Thank you so much for having <laughs> Thank me. Thank you. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Uh, and of course, lastly, don't forget, you guys, if you haven't signed up for our Patreon Go ahead and do that. We're patreon.com slash musicalsplaining. We've been doing a lot of fun live streams and yeah. stories and drawings and a bunch of weirdo stuff. It's going to get better and better. Yeah, uh, and also, we, if you haven't had a chance. <laughs> I was going to say, we can't rely on a Big Joel's bank account alone now to fund this. So Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to give me tens, dozens of dollars. Yes. Um, and of course, uh, if you haven't gotten any musical splaining merch, please go to the Nebula store and check that out. We got hats. I'm sorry. We got uh, bags. We got pins. We got mugs. Uh, maybe maybe someday we'll have hats uh, that all depends on if you buy enough merch so go check them out anyway thank you guys thanks again Big Joel and we'll see you guys at the next one 
Yes. And now I am a believer.